Welcome to episode number 122 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media, and once again presented to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. Oh, look who's back. I feel like I haven't talked to him for months. Months. I don't know if it's been months, Stephen Brault of the Chicago Cubs organization. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. 22. 22 for me is Kutch. It's... uh... Whenever, whenever I hear 22, that's always going to be the first thing I think of. But I didn't say 22. I said 122. I know, but it was like separated. It was like one, 22. You know oh. what I mean? So the, the 22 really got me. Okay. What number are you wearing in, in Cubs, Bill, I, whatever you're doing? I believe 25. 25. I like uh, I like 25. Actually, that was my number in Indianapolis my first year, 2016. Oh. Yeah, I like that number. I believe that was Derek Lee's number in Chicago. Ooh. You know, at first, they, the first number they offered me was 17. And I was like, I'm not going to take Chris Bryant's number right after he leaves. I'm not going to do that. But thank you. <laughs> you appreciate smart it. dude. Yeah. Pass. Put yourself in a hole real quick. Uh-huh. What are you drinking? I noticed some sort of red fruity drink. What do we got? This is uh, a ice passion tea. I like ice passion teas. Sometimes... So we've been too lazy to go grocery shopping, so we don't have any coffee here. So this morning, I just ordered Starbucks. And uh, sometimes what I do is I get a coffee, and then I also get a tea to have after I drink the coffee. Because you're not caffeinated enough? It's refreshing. I don't think, I don't know if passion tea has any caffeine. Oh, I don't do anything. First of all, I'm not because of my heart issues. I'm not allowed to have any caffeine. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense then. Well, nothing with... uh, the een at the end or ain or whatever that that's what they say like the first time i had heart issues i go and see a cardiologist he goes chris i have to ask you you don't do cocaine do you i'm like no, what do you mean do i do cocaine no i don't do cocaine I don't oh do i just caffeine. drink so much coffee i you know don't that's you- uh those are because eens are like like uppers right yes so, yeah that's okay makes sense that's what so that's like page one of the cardiologist rule book is what they do. That's what they yeah. do. I was like, no, I don't more coffee. Anything. That's a bummer, man. You can drink like herbal teas. That's nice. I don't drink anything but my water, which is amazing because, you know, you could lose weight if you drank soda and all that stuff and just knock that out of your diet. I have no excuses. I, uh, I, my favorite soda is Coke and is also Lydia's favorite soda. But so what we do is we get the mini cans. So if you need one, you can have one. And it's only like, you know, eight ounces or whatever. Yeah, but you crush those so quickly. You're like, oh, I'll just have two. They're so cute. I don't think I've ever had a second. I think it's just the right amount of Coke, except Uh at a movie theater, which I will get the biggest drink they have and drink the whole thing. Speaking of movie theaters, have you seen the new Top Gun? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we saw it last weekend. It was so good. Was I've so heard good. nothing but amazing things about it. It's just like it it's not it doesn't take itself too seriously, but at the same time, it's not a big joke. But like, I mean, they just nail every part of it. The little comedy spread in the callbacks the I mean, the action is unbelievable because they actually, you know, were in jets. Mm-hmm. So they were sitting in the backseat of jets pretending they were flying them while they did these scenes. And it shows and I think they must have told theaters like the volume has to be at 12 because, oh, my gosh, it's so loud. It's great. I'm excited to go see it. We um, we met our 16 year old watch the first one and mm-hmm. it actually held up pretty well for what it was. Yeah, there's 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 some real cheesy stuff that goes yes. on. Yeah, but it's 80s movies. So it's perfect. Right. 
Yeah, you're a big 80s buff movie buff guy, aren't you? I wouldn't call myself a movie buff, but I did the last two years like go through and watch all of the what I would call essential 80s action movies just to make sure that I had seen them. And after doing that, I will say Predator. The first Predator is probably my favorite action movie there is. Okay, solid. Good. Uh, I know you watch a ton of baseball. You are a huge baseball fan for people that tune into the Rose Rotation and have listened to the Stephen Brawled episodes. I'm curious uh, what you thought about the tic-tac-toe game of two former teammates of yours, Joe Musgrove and Chad Cool. Yeah, that was uh, that was not beforehand, but it's not the first time Joe's done this. Um, oh. I just think that because Joe is now Joe and he's the best pitcher in baseball, it ends up being a big deal. But it's it's definitely not the first time I've seen him put a tic tac toe board on the back of a mound. It's funny because Joe is a really like fun loving like dude. He's on the mound. He's very intense. So you if you don't like know him outside of it, you wouldn't know that. But Chad Cool is way more intense on the mound. He's like, Oof. and so I think it's funny like that he could have enough wherewithal to still do that in between innings and not just like come out and scratch it out. <laughs> I uh, I told Trevor Plouffe on baseball today, I said, I think the last time I didn't have a Cats game in tech, tic-tac-toe was when I was like eight. Like nobody ever wins. Well, there's a strategy. I, I mean, if you really play tic-tac-toe, you can only win if you go first. And if you go first, you put one on a corner and you basically go to the three corners. So it gives you if as long as the person doesn't put there, there's like, I don't know what exactly it is, but there is a way to guarantee winning unless a person puts their second thing in a certain spot. So tic-tac-toe, not not a not a great game, but more just like fun, you know, funny. Are you you grew up with four boys? So the, the Brault family must have had a ton of games that you guys played, not just sport, but like yard games and stuff right? yeah so our house was like the house the the place where all the neighborhood kids came because we had a pretty big backyard and we had um like cement uh bases like first base second base third base and then home plate was just we we used like a crack on the ground on the little sidewalk in our backyard uh -huh. so that was home plate and our rules were you couldn't hit it over the fence if you hit it over you're out because our neighbor didn't like balls going into his yard. Mm. But if you hit the fence in the air, it was a home run. So, you know, teaching ourselves to hit line drives too, I guess, which was good. Um, but yeah, no, our, our house was, was the place, but as far as games we made up, come on, you got four boys. We made up the most violent game of all time called fumble. It's uh, a trampoline. Okay. So we had one of those big trampolines oh, and our worst. parents only allowed four people on it at a time, which it's probably still too much, but you know, whatever. And we had like one of those pads that went over the Springs, you know, so you wouldn't like fall through the Springs and it, it was divided into sections. And so you'd have a football, all four people would be jumping. The person with a football would be, would do what we call butt bomb where, you, you know, just jump and fall on your butt and drop the ball. And then you have to get the ball and get it to one of the pads on the side and then the last person to touch that pad had to get off the trampoline. The next person got on, but you couldn't be on your feet if you had the ball. So it just led to so much, so much violence. And, and there were, there were otherwise, there were no rules. Like you could tickle punch, like steal a ball. You could hold them down and, and try to get the ball from them. It was a very violent game. Super fun. What was the worst thing that happened to you during one of those games? I mean, this, this is a broken nose waiting to happen. 
See, the funny thing is, I don't think ever, anybody ever actually got hurt playing that game. I know we had um, we had one guy break his leg when we were playing a different game called Alligator, where you like if it was raining, where we you know the trampoline would be wet and you'd have to slide across, you know. What? And there'd be somebody in the middle that was the alligator and they had to tag you as you went by. So, um, but like uh, we had a guy slide and he went too far and his leg went under the pad into the springs and then he like hung over the side. Um, oh. And then we had another guy break his arm playing football and then his parents never let him come back to our house. <laughs> but at some point, like you were going to be a college pitcher. Weren't your brothers good at baseball too? Um, not particularly. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I got a piece of advice. My one of my brothers, Philip, um, is very athletic and just very good at everything. Um, he was decent at baseball, but he was really small as a freshman and didn't make the freshman team for baseball. Mm. Ended up hitting a growth spurt, playing volleyball, and then getting a scholarship playing volleyball through college. And coaches like isn't coaching right now because he's got two kids with twins on the way here very soon. Oh, oh I know. Um, but yeah, so they're not coaching right now, but him and his wife have coached multiple like high school teams and college teams and stuff like oh. that. So he found a different love. Now he's one of the best beer league softball hitters I've ever seen in my entire life. Not better than pops in the, in the Sunday baseball league. Well, no, but we do it. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. But then Roger, my oldest brother, the chef was never really into, he, he likes baseball, but he's, oh. he likes football more, but he was never really an athlete and then jack the nuclear physicist in the navy was he he's just not a very good athlete but i'll tell you what that guy can uh can use his brain he can split some atoms that dude. yeah yeah exactly so well you know what's become big business again over the last few years trading cards and greg morris cards is the most trusted sports card seller on the entire planet in fact check out these stats they sell over eighty thousand sports cards every month I'll save you the math on that. That's about 2,000 cards a day exclusively on eBay. So you're probably asking, why in the world do people trust GMC for buying cards? Well, Greg Morris and his team, they hand grade every card they sell. Now, buyers have been trusting Greg's grades for years. So if Greg says they're mint, you know what? They are mint. Now, GMC sells baseball cards from every era. They've got pre-war. They've got post-war. They've got modern era players. So if you're looking for something in particular, Greg Morris can help you find it. So all you need to do, go to gregmorriscards.com to check out their inventory. In fact, they want to give you $10 in free cards just for hearing about them here on John Boy Media. So once again, you go to the website, gregmorriscards.com, find the cards you want. And if you win the eBay auction, you message them with the code word John Boy to get 10 bucks off your order. So we're looking to save you some dough and get you interested in the sports card collectibles era courtesy of greg moore's cards you are a baseball player for a living how are we mm. feeling i feel really good actually i've been throwing bullpens um starting lives you know here soon so everything is going very well i feel like the uh the cubs uh staff here in arizona's they're awesome they they really care and they there's a lot of technology and stuff that goes into all this you know trying to make you better than when you got you know before you got hurt not only stay healthier but a better pitcher um the craziest thing about being down here is that everybody, everybody throws so hard nowadays, dude, it's crazy. All these like 20, 21 year olds who are hurt coming back, throwing their lives. And they're literally like sitting 98 to a hundred, like 
80% of them. It's insane. Everybody throws so hard. So how do you, when there's those guys available in a pool for a team that's rebuilding, mm-hmm. how do you make it back? It's funny, man, because it's, it's just, it's different. Like, this is a good point. I was just watching uh, Ben Joyce the other day, the college kid who does 105. Yeah. yeah. And also Tennessee. Wow. See ya. Yeah. Tough um, but so that guy, he hadn't, we were looking through his outings. We have some technology. We can look through that stuff. Um, he had an outing this year. It's four innings and his average fastball velocity was 104.4 miles an hour over a four outing start or four outing, four inning outing. And so we watched it and yeah, most of the time these guys are late, but people were like on it. Like he's not striking everybody out. He's not getting exclusively swing and miss on 104 miles per hour in college, which is just insane to think about. So yes, velocity basically makes it so you can get away with more mistakes, but people can hit that velo now. So you still have to have other stuff. Mark Appel is a great example of that. He threw 98. And when he came up to the minor leagues, it was just, it wasn't as effective in pro ball because people hit speed unless there's something to it. So guys like me who don't throw as hard, there's something to it. There's a wrinkle. It's hard to pick up. It's uh, it moves more, you know, whatever. So it's just different. Do you keep an eye on the Cubs starting pitching or I guess the the health of their pitching? It it hasn't been very good. There's been guys that have been in and out of the rotation a lot. As a guy who wants to get back to that spot, do you keep an eye on it? Yeah, you kind of watch these things and how they develop and everything. Like, I I would never, ever want anybody to get hurt, right? No. I mean, that's not – but, you know, it's it's what creates opportunities on every team. You know, 2016, really the only reason I made my debut that year was because we had so many starting pitchers get hurt because we had Jameson Tyone, Chad Cool, Tyler Glass now – uh, Trevor Williams, me, we all made our debut that year. We were all starting pitchers because so many pitchers in the big leagues got hurt. Um, so it is how opportunity is created and, and we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, it's, it's an, it's an interesting position to be in for sure. Did you see one of your new pitchers over the weekend in New York? Frank Schwindel? He's not a, no, Schwindel is our uh, position player. You're talking about Schwarmer. No, I, no, I'm talking about Schwindel. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, 35 miles an hour or whatever. Yeah. Giving up a homer on a 35-mile-an-hour pitch is actually impressive. It's impressive. It's impressive. I mean, that was that is so slow, and he just flies water. Just whack. I mean, being able to hit a ball, I mean, you're basically hitting it off a tee, you know? So if you want to see how much power Major League hitters have, he doesn't – He's that's Kalagashi. Okay, he is not – a power hitter he's got he can hit homers up because everybody in the big leagues can but if you want to try that go set up a tee on a field at home plate and try to hit balls out it's tough it's really tough are you sick of position players pitching or because there's been 19 teams as of the taping of the show that have used a position player through the first two months to pitch yeah yeah it's actually my least favorite thing about about the Rays. if i'm gonna be honest I feel like the Rays go with the position player thing a lot because their analytics probably say the rest of this game is lost already. You know, um, I, I don't like it. I never have. I think if you're going to make pitchers not hit, we should not have position players pitching. Hmm. 
So you, I mean, you're not in favor of saving bullpen bullets? No, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, you hire people to be pitchers. I mean, yeah, maybe maybe you're down 10, right? And it's the ninth inning. And you're not going to win that game. But like, not only is it an inning that's an opportunity for somebody in a bullpen, but we the reason we got rid of pitchers hitting was because of quality of play on the field, right? So I don't know. I guess people, it's fun to watch people basically take home run derby in an inning you know, but like, I don't know. It's not my jam. Also so many position players get hurt doing it. So many. So no, I don't like it. I thought one of the cooler moments this year was Albert Pujols giving up a couple home runs to giants and Evan Longoria asking for the baseball when Pujols was on the mat. I gotta be honest with you. I thought it was like, Hey, no, I mean, I, I get it. Like I said, it's, it's fun to watch. It's just not, I mean, it doesn't, it's not major league baseball, you know, I don't, I don't like the idea of the idea of any team being okay with losing games. Hmm. And, um, and that's just kind of one of those things, but it's, it's like, it's, it's analytics. It's the same thing. It's games. You will lose lots of games in a major league season, just like in the NBA, you're going to lose games. So it's okay to sit your star player every now and then when they used to play every single game. Um, but I don't know. I guess I like the idea of teams always trying to win, but that's, you know, utopia. So it's all interesting. Have you ever seen a position player that can, that can bring it? Yeah. We had uh Jose Osuna with the pirates. Oh yeah. He came in, he had an outing. I think he hit 94. What? Yeah. I, there's gotta be a video. I'm sure Rob will be able to find it. Jose Osuna. Um, he came in, I know he hit at least 90. But he threw hard. He was because he was like a pitcher, you know, in the DR or something coming up or Venezuela, wherever he was from. Um, and he it was like a I'm actually kind of surprised he never tried to be a pitcher, but I think he's playing in Japan now. Um, but he was just like a third baseman outfielder who had a strong arm and could throw super hard on yeah. the mound. Yeah. Well, but everybody I mean, was like, Jose, stop. Like, you're going to get yourself hurt. Don't do that. Well, you know, there's a guy who plays for the Guardians now, Anthony Ghost, who was mm -hmm. a, a position player for the Blue Jays. I and, played against Anthony Ghost as a position player in the minor leagues quite a bit. Yeah. And now he's, I mean, he throws in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty plays. of people. There's plenty of people that can throw hard off the mound. The hard part is doing it correctly to where they won't get hurt coming yeah. into it. You know what I mean? Because you really got to build in because – Position players are not at all accustomed to throwing. Like if they're ever throwing hard, like as hard as they can, their body is moving. You know, outfielders are crow hopping. Infielders are coming through a ground ball. It's not very often that you're throwing as hard as you can from a stop position. You know what I mean? Got it. So, yeah, a lot of position players get hurt. Or like guys who even throw an inning where they only throw like 74, 75 for that inning. And they com feel completely fine that day. The next day, they're so sore. It's weird. Let's be honest. The only reason you're pissed about it is because they took hitting away from you. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it more than anything. <laughs> David Bodie left me a uh, left me a bat when he when he left Arizona. He's hurt here for a little while, and so when he left, he left me a bat. And I think it's just to tease me, and I I appreciate it. That's that's good humor. Yeah. Um. So we've had a couple of managerial fi firings. 
one in Philadelphia, one in Anaheim. Plouffe doesn't think that those should happen during a season. He says it's not going to change the dynamic of your team at all. He does, but he doesn't believe much in what managers bring to the day-to-day game. You know, he yeah. says it's much more about relationships than anything else. In your opinion, is there a huge difference between what we consider the best managers in the games and guys who get fired? I don't know, because it's it's hard to really describe what a good manager does better than somebody who's necessarily like not a bad manager, bad managers make bad decisions. That's, you know, that's obvious, but a guy like Joe Girardi or Joe Madden have been around as long as they have been because they're not, they're clearly not a bad manager. How good are they is kind of up for debate. I think Mm -hmm. because Joe Madden was put in front of, you know, the Rays with their new analytics team, which was really good. And he did build that up more so, but his, the Cubs championship was like the Cubs were ready to win, you know? Um, and so it's like, what, what does a good manager bring? What does it change in a clubhouse? And I, I think Palouf is right. There's a lot of, a lot of it is relationships and trying to get the best out of people and how you do that. Um, different managers go about it different ways, you know, but what do you think is a good manager. Well, so this is something that I've thought about because I've, Bud Black is my favorite manager because he's a pitcher. He was a pitcher and he is a major league manager. He's the only one. And I uh, proclaiming to the world, I would love to be a major league manager. The broadcasting and stuff has always been a dream of mine. I think it'd be really fun. Um, But I do like the idea of being a big league manager. And I think that's because the way that I see baseball being played now is just different than the way that I think that I would manage a team. And I don't, I don't know if that would be okay anymore, you know, a more hands-on approach of kind of getting a team to buy into a certain mindset of play. And literally the focus is winning, right? Instead of having, it's pretty much accepted now that you have your roster of 26 guys and they're all individual people, you know, and it just used to not be like that. It used to be a full team pulling in one direction with a mindset, with game plans with all that stuff. Um, and I just think that in general defense is not as good as it used to be. Um, I think there could be more work in that direction and fundamentals base running. Um, I just feel like nowadays we see so many really cool plays, but we have seen a a lot of weird plays. You know what they're going to tell you manager Brault. Yeah. Fuck. Do you know, I know you were a pitcher. There's exactly. No, so two thirds of the team isn't going to buy into your shit because you didn't do that. I know. I know. But this is one of the issues I have with baseball. Now it is so severely divided between pitcher and position player. Okay. When, if I were a manager, my team, the pitcher and position player groups are going to be much more interactive because I want pitchers talking to hitters about, Hey, when you, if you were going to hit against me, I've been having trouble against power lefties. You're a power lefty. If you were going to come up and hit against me, what would be your game plan? Let's talk about that. As a hitter, I've been struggling against hitting, you know, sinker righties. You know, you're a sinker righty. If you were going to attack me, how would you attack me? And those kind of relationships, those kind of conversations that help a team learn. If you can't learn from a pitcher 
how a pitch, how pitchers are going to attack you, then you're just missing out on so much information. Well, but that's about building relationships. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know how you would. Okay, guys, all the people that are having a tough time hitting uh, (laughs) right-handed sinker ball pitchers, you get on that side of the room. Uh, I need my sinker ball pitchers. You guys get over there. Like, how do we, how does this all? Okay. So, so you, this is not like a big team meeting thing. This is, this is an interpersonal thing where it's like, as a manager, you have to be able to be honest with your players and tell them what they are not good at and why they are not good at it and how they can get better at it. If you're not doing that, you're not making your players any better. We got guys taking batting practice at 45 miles an hour on the field before the game for some confidence. And that's cool. But then you're facing Clayton Kershaw with the nastiest slider in baseball. So like, are you really getting ready just by like you watch some video? Is that going to get you ready? We have the technology now to put a machine to make exactly Kershaw's slider. Everybody should be hitting off of that, at least in the cage before you go out to the game, in my opinion. Interesting. I just think that there are ways to bring back the ability to actually play baseball. So I've been doing uh, podcasts all morning. Haven't eaten a thing, but you know, it's the first thing I'm going to put in my body right after this show is over athletic greens. That's right. I'm one of those guys that had a ton of vitamins, like in the center of the kitchen. My wife was like, what are you doing? Why are you taking all those? I was like, I just got my athletic greens so I can get rid of all that stuff. And I can take this. It is all in one. You take one delicious scoop of AG1, you're actually absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, and probiotics to help you start your day out right. And when you're talking about a dad bod like this one, I got to put something good in it to start my day off in the right direction. And here's one thing about Athletic Greens. It uses the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. It's recommended by professional athletes and podcast hosts as well. So for every purchase on top of that, your heart is going to feel good. Why? Because they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious foods to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry right here in the United States. So it helps you and it helps the kids stay healthy as well. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. That's really nice. I'm doing a ton of traveling this summer. I'm sure you are as well, so you can take it on the go. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash rose. Once again, that is athleticgreens.com slash rose to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Enjoy. Sorry, I'm keeping an eye on Brady's game. He's playing down Irvine. He just lined out the center. Oh, lined out's nice. Yeah. Oh, well, that happened. <laughs> Kids throwing 86. Oh, at 16. How, how fast were you throwing at 16? Uh, maybe 80. I think I, I when I left high school, I was throwing like 84, 85. It's interesting. I know. It's just, it's just different. I mean, even what we were talking about earlier, like we used to – they always, we used to be taught not to throw hard in bullpens. You keep it at like 70, 75% of effort mm-hmm. level. Right. And so guys like in our age group, if you look, any of us throw bullpens for the most part, they're going to be, they're never going to be at max velocity. And what it does over time is it takes that mentality away from you. And so now I can 
chuck a ball as hard as I can in a bullpen. I'll throw it as hard as I physically can, and I can't get it to what my game velocity is just because my brain doesn't turn it on. But these new guys, this is how you get signed. You throw a bullpen in front of scouts, and that yep. gives you the same feeling as throwing you know, in a game. And these guys are throwing 98 miles an hour in bullpens. It's crazy. We faced a team yesterday. They were we're a bunch of kids that are going to be juniors next year. They're going to be seniors. Mm-hmm. They had nine division one commits mm. nine. I was like, that is a lot. I didn't, I mean, I didn't know it till after the game when Brady told me, I was like, God, that was a really good team. It was like, yeah, they had nine division one commits. It's like that big kid. He's committed to Oklahoma. Their center fielders committed to Miami. I was like, find out where that pitcher's committed. Cause he made y'all look silly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I got a good question for you. This is about that. So with college, the way it is now, so college players getting paid, right? Mm-hmm. And the transfer portal being completely open. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that takes away uh, an element that of college baseball? And uh, sorry, I guess I should explain. The element being the idea of you sign somewhere, that is your team. You lead that team if you're the best player. If you get better, you stay there, you lead that team. And that's why you get like, Cinderella stories, right? Are there going to be any more Cinderella stories in college sports? Yeah, I mean, there could be. I mean, yes, I think there will be. Um, your your point being that if a kid starts to develop, then all of a sudden the big place is going to say, hey, we got a great NIL deal for you. Mm-hmm. Come on over here and continue to. Yeah, I suppose so. It already happens. All these guys, there's a bunch of guys that have already entered the transfer portal as soon as their season ended. For baseball? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I just don't, you know, I have so little sympathy for any of these these schools in the NCAA who are like, well, you're ruining college sports when you're letting these kids. I say have at it. Let those kids get whatever they can when they can get their hands on whatever money they can. Isn't Isn't it professional sports then? Yes. So they're playing, they're a professional athlete. Yes, because you know what, you know what college is? It's professional for the coaches. It's professional for the administrations. It's professional for everybody, except for the people who are providing the entertainment. And you're providing the service. So so like bigger colleges should be able to just be able to give more money to players at that age. So, and so why would, why would anybody ever, if you were a, a good athlete, you're never going to go to a college other than, you know, baseball right now is Tennessee, South Carolina, you know, those schools, Mm -hmm. you're never going to go anywhere else. Not necessarily. I mean, if another team can't, they're not gonna be able to give you as much money. Well, yes. Um, But I suppose it just depends on, on, you know, if you go to a better school, there's a possibility there's another third baseman. That's just as good as you. It doesn't matter. You're still going to get paid. You're going to get paid, but you might not be able to get the opportunity to play, in which case you're not going to get paid down the road. Sure you will. Guys get drafted for a bunch of money out of those schools who aren't starters all the time. Vanderbilt has like 13 people drafted a year. There's, I guess you and I see it differently. That's okay. Yeah, I, no, I, I agree. I, I think that. I mean, where'd you go to school? You went Regis to a, University. Right. You went to a small school in Denver. I or, did. Division two, right? Yeah. Okay. They found you. Weren't you like a seventh round pick? Yeah, but they didn't pay me. But they, they, it was only, they didn't, did you come out after your junior year? 
Yeah, yeah, I did. I was an eleventh round. Yeah, eleventh rounder. Okay. I I just I just think that it's this is a crazy idea. I know it's weird to bring it back to this, but it is college. College is supposed to be a place of education, right? And so now you have guys that are going places for literally zero part of it is the education available to them. Well, that's a, it's how much money they're going to make. I know, but I'm saying like, it's, it's just guaranteeing. It's guaranteeing that they're not, I mean, no, nobody's going for an education. If you have any athletic ability that you just don't worry about that at all. That's been going on for decades though. It really has been going on for decades. Yeah, really. I mean, it's got to me, it's actually gotten significantly better in that area. Back in the 80s, when I was growing up, they really didn't give a shit about whether you went to college or GPAs. You know, they finally put some reinforcements there that, hey, you have to remain eligible for the longest time. You didn't have to be eligible. Yeah, they didn't care about that. Well, now, you know, there are college basketball players with the one and done system where you literally don't have to attend a fall class, you can get through because the penalty will be, will come academically after after your spring semester of your freshman year, in which case you're going to be gone anyway. Mm -hmm. So there are serious loopholes and issues. We don't need this podcast to let you know that the NCAA is criminal. I know. I mean, I, I had, we had weird stuff with the NCAA when I was in college too. We had one of my coaches got arrested for um being part of a cartel bringing up cocaine from mexico my <laughs> freshman year which was quite a surprise um which <laughs> i guess the ncaa really didn't have much to do with that but um we did have a whole thing about work study hours my sophomore year and our head coach ended up being let go by the school um because of like basically they were saying he was you know paying people too much he was paying the baseball players on work study mm-hmm. too much um, and like, this is, this is your issue. Regis university giving a few extra work study hours to the athletes. Okay. Yeah. You guys are doing great. Thank you so much. Awesome. Um, I want to ask you about, um, Bryce Harper. He is not played, I think in the field since April because of that partially torn UCL mm-hmm. in his throwing elbow, but he is killing tearing it up the baseball. Yeah. Is it possible we underappreciate Bryce Harper's talent because he's been so hyped for half of his life? Um, I don't think so. Huh. I don't think so. I, I, cause I think that Bryce Harper's done some really incredible things. He has, you know, um, but he's also had some, some years, like he's had some significant down years. Down years for him. For him, yeah. I mean, for a guy making $25 million, yes, that is a down year. You, you sorry, you have to put it in that perspective. Okay. But there's that's why there's a difference between him and Mike Trout, because Mike Trout really hasn't had any down years. Albert Pujols didn't have any down years for his first 11, 12 years. Right. Major leagues, you know what I mean? Um, I think Bryce Harper's a really, really good player. And it's kind of it's different now. He's, he's not as vocal as he used to be. It's kind of like the more mature team captain kind of feel to mm-hmm. me. Um, and I just, I've always thought he was really good. I like the way he plays the game. He's one of those guys that like, uh, you know, when you're a kid, everybody goes, Oh yeah. Major leaguers never run anything out. You know, they're so lazy. They don't, whatever. They don't hustle. You know, that's a big thing. And Bryce Harper made it cool to hustle again. 
I truly believe that. I agree with that. Um, so I'm getting the feeling that there's guys that are tougher to pitch against than Bryce Harper. Uh, well, I'm a lefty, so that's it's a little bit different for me. Um, but I mean, I've I I don't know how many at bats I have against him, and I think five. he five he got a hit, one single, two, two singles. So one was, I remember one, one was like a late barrel fastball shortstop side. And then the other hit was like on the right side, like a ground ball through or something like that. Um, but I don't know. He's, he's big in the box. He looks like he takes up the entire box. He's huge in there, um, which I think is cool and intimidating, but no, I mean, I wouldn't say he's any easier. I definitely don't like relax when he comes in the box. No, who the hell's going to relax? I didn't say yeah. that. Also, oh, but can we talk about the, we talked about this so much here. How in the world are you going to throw a strike on a three, two count with the bases loaded to Bryce Harper? Oh, dude, like it's not an intentional walk. Like, like of course not, but man. You got it. This is Bryce Harper. This is like Mr. Clutch. He lives for these situations and you can't, you can't throw him a strike there. He just can't. It's gotta be out of the zone. That was Let incredible him walk. that game. I know. Really so was. Cool. It was fun. I love baseball. I do too. I love it. Uh, it looks like you're uh, one of the Cubs rookies has a ton of fun. Christopher Morrell. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I haven't met him. I can't, I can't really say anything about him. Um, he's a good player though. He's a good player. Yeah. And I love it that he brings that enthusiasm, man. Like his first Homer was freaking yeah. awesome. It's like, very Javi Baez rookie. You know what I mean? Like somebody coming in and showing you guys, it's okay to have fun. Like we, you can have fun playing baseball. You know I know. What I mean? And there's still all those old heads who are like, what, what are you doing? I'd be like, yeah. fuck if I, if I hit a home run in the show, I would have ripped off my shirt and danced backwards doing cartwheels. Yeah. I would have been so happy. I didn't do that. I didn't do that when I hit mine, but I was like trying not to smile the entire time around the bases. I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. But I mean, look, the bat toss, like everything is just, yeah, it's just really cool. He also, this is, this is the, uh, the new way of hitting fastball almost off the plate away. Just yank it to left. <laughs> Wham. Uh, I guess it's more middle than I thought. Never mind. That is false. I was hard. just so happy. But look at the dugout. It reminded me like the World Baseball Classic. He's so excited. He forgot to touch first base. I know. I know. But he's got the athlete run. You notice that? That kind of lean forward that like I always call that the athlete run. Look at how happy he is. Like that is genuine. I yeah. hope nobody in the Pirates dugout. That's the number one thing. Well, I hope he didn't show up the other team. Fuck that. That was so cool. He didn't show up the other team. He was just excited. He, he didn't, he excited. didn't look at the pitcher and go, yeah, you fucking suck. You know, like he didn't do that. He celebrated. He was excited. I think, I think for the most part, everybody's pretty cool with that now. Okay, good. You've never had a guy uh, yell at you. Have you? I'm sure at some point somebody's oh. yelled at me. We talked about this before because there was a time when I hit Contreras and Rizzo in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, there was some jabbing going on there. Okay. Then I think I got double play the next pitch. So, <laughs> did you at least tell him you didn't do it intentionally? Oh well, yeah, but like, it's it's kind of like a dude. I didn't fucking hit you on purpose. Come on, go to first. You know that kind of thing. Because 
I'm already frustrated. So you coming at me, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm sorry, man. I'm, I'm still angry in my own head. So like, I'm not bothering with you right now. That was clearly not on purpose. Go to first. I don't know. I've never been in a real shouting match now. Um, all right. Now you got to hit something since you are a singer and you have performed the national anthem okay. in a park. Yeah. Did you see the woman play the saw during the national anthem? Here we go. Um, what do we think? You on board or no? It's too slow and eerie. It's like <laughs> it's like it's like playing taps before the game. I don't I don't think that's the right mood you're going for. You know, it, you know what it sounds? It's it's the exact same as like those cups, you know, like yeah, in Miss the- Congeniality. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. But I the coolest national anthem I've seen was a guy who in Washington, DC play he made his own, he was in the what do they call that? The, the national, you know, symphony. And he was like first chair violin and he made his own violin out of a baseball bat, like an electric violin out of. Oh a yeah. Baseball I've bat. seen that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and he was like really, really good. That's impressive, but it makes me think like, do you just sit at home with a saw and like, I mean, you just practice songs on the, on the saw. Well, would you have known that was a saw if you had not seen it? That it was oh, a saw. Oh, like it's from the sound. Yeah. No, I would have thought it was the cups. Okay, that's what I would have thought too. And I played it for Michelle. Um, I said I didn't show it to her. Uh, here's the dude. Good, mm-hmm. good pull, Robbie. That's my guy. It was a good one too. He Let's hear it. it. Can we hear it? Oh, okay. No, oh, this is uh, God bless America. Yeah into it all right yeah i think i mean it sounds nice it sounds nice though right i mean yeah, it is it's, it's not soothing. like sad yeah well it is no it's not sad but he looks a little bit like the guys at the end of uh titanic when they're all in <laughs> and they're it's been an honor gentlemen playing. gentlemen it has been an honor and a privilege to play <laughs> so anyway back to the michelle story i yeah i did not show her that it was a saw i said tell me what instrument you think this is and i played it and two seconds later she was like that's the saw I was like, how, how do you know that's the saw? She's like, do you remember my friend Janine? She was a little eccentric. She used to play the saw. I was like, what? I mean, uh, why? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? What's she was the, a musician uh, and she and her husband, they played the, played the uh, saw. Ther- theremin? What is, what is the instrument that has like the, it's like magnetic and that's how you make the sound. Oh, I don't know what that is. You know, the stuff that makes all the old, yeah. horror, old horror movie sounds. I think it's a theremin. I think that's what it's called. Did I'm you have to play a recorder in elementary school? <laughs> no, I never actually did. Isn't that funny? Really? Yeah. Are you it up now? Yeah, it's a theremin. I was right. Yeah. So you don't you don't play it. Like, you don't... It's not like on a string or anything. Yeah. It's literally like electromagnetic waves that you're uh, that you're messing with. It's weird. Well, we're kind of going from thing to thing. Uh, right mm-hmm. before the um, the show started, I was just flipping through Twitter, and so I sent Rob this visual. Robbie, do we have that video? Do you know what that is? It looks like a snake on a treehouse. 
Yeah. Do you, do you see how big that fucking thing is? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like an optical illusion at first. I mean, we're talking about that's like, what? it's an anaconda. So that's probably, it looks like it's like, geez, like a hundred feet long. <laughs> how long do those things get? Dude, somebody said, and I, I can't, I mean, I looked at it for 90 seconds before the show. Somebody said that's in Florida. Oh, well, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm never going to Florida by choice ever again. And it was before this, this just really <laughs> hammers that point home. <laughs> uh, I'm good. I'm good on Florida. Oh, I can't wait in three years. You get signed by the Marlins. I know. Whatever. Great. Somebody's going to bring up the, that clip from this interview. <laughs> And I'm going to be like, yeah, well, you know, things change. I wanted to get paid. So. <laughs> All right. Well, good news is you won't be appearing on any game shows in the near future. You were our first victim on the Chris Rose trivia show. Yeah. Which debuted on John Boy Media last week. We shot it during your visit to the John Boy Media compound out in Arizona. Um, let's see how you did on that show. Here we go. Did we go by right. worst League score manager. first? Appeared on the show Dancing with the Stars. Uh, probably one I should know. I'm going to go. It is. <laughs> this is a terrible answer. I'm going to say Tony LaRussa. What is the name of the Atlanta Braves mascot? <laughs> what? Um, I don't even know what the Atlanta Braves mascot I, looks like. I, uh, you've seen a lot of baseball movies. I have. I have. You've I seen, should be able to get this one. You've seen Major League. Of course. Tom Berenger's character's name in the movie Major League. Well, catcher. okay, here's okay. So Tom Berenger is is he's the catcher. Yes. Oh, so he's the he's like the main character. He's the main character in the um, movie Major League. His name, man. I um, let's see. Yeah. Uh, well, David Ross Blooper and Jake Turner. Is that his name? Jake Taylor. Taylor. He. Uh, you know, it's actually, so first of all, I know, terrible, really bad. Uh, for anybody watching, I apologize. I blanked. I'm terrible. I never watched Dancing with the Stars, so my bad. Um, the Braves mascot does not look like a blooper. I don't, so like, there's no way to know unless you know. And then the Jake Taylor one, I mean, that's just tough. You know, it's funny. I was reading the other day, a lot of people who watch Major League just skip the love scene parts because the the baseball story is they never overlap not a single time and so you don't need to have like the love story in the movie right. and people are like it's just way better uh, although i have to admit i loved renee russo back in the day did I you did a thing for her huh okay yeah so i don't skip over that part i get it i wouldn't either i just grovel um, oh. But I, I want to thank you for participating. You were the first one, so probably it was a little unfair. I should have maybe tried to pick better questions. And you I, were probably about six drinks yeah, in at that point. I was. But also, like, and it's not your fault. I like I should know, I should definitely know the David Ross one. That should have been one for sure. Mm -hmm. I just feel like there's so many other questions you could have asked about Major League that I would have gotten. And mm -hmm. the one that I don't know is the main character's name. I wonder what I could have asked you. But, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I like know all the other characters' names. Mm -hmm. But anyway, whatever, man. Fair enough.
Thanks for thanks for making me relive that again. You'll be fine. I lived through it live, and then I watched it when it got put on the internet, and now I just watched it a third time. So it's mm-hmm. nice. That's okay. When you get signed by a Miami team, we'll bring out a different clip. <laughs> Thank you. Instead of, all right, I think you've answered most of these, so I'm going to have to just pick one. Okay. I don't know if, if you did opening wage on the wheel of moderately interesting things. I don't remember doing that one. So let's just spin it and wow. Opening oh my wage. gosh. That's opening crazy. Wage. What was your first paid job? Oh, that's a good question. Um, my first paid job, I think would have to be uh, working a, a like as a counselor to camp for like little hmm. kids because i was like 14 or 15 you know and it was like a week in the summer and i went to it when i was younger and then one summer i came and i only i only did two camps i think my brothers did like a ton of them um but i i think we got paid for that you would have been fun a fun camp counselor yeah i think i was fun i think i think i had a good time um my brother led the archery range at the at the camp. Um, I don't. I guess I just had like a group of kids that I yeah that I like looked over. They were my group. Okay. But I do remember having a lot of fun because that was the first taste of real like you know freedom, you know, out in the world on your own kind of feeling. How old were you? I think 14, yeah. 15. You know, so you probably biked to the camp. No, the camp was far away. The camp oh. was in the mountains. Oh, wait a second. So you were camp count like at a go away camp sleepover. Yeah. Yeah. For like, for like 10 year old kids. Yeah. Did you go to the camp as a camper? I did mm-hmm. once I did. I went for six years to a place called camp North star in Hayward, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Five, four, eight, four, three is the zip code in case you have to write your parents. Home. Five, four, eight, four, three. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. It was fun. Good place. Yeah, no, I liked it too. It's, it's it's you get to do all the cool things, you know. I don't know if they do it the same anymore because it probably wasn't the safest, you know, slip and slides. And right, we used to use, um, you know, you'd use those, whatever they're called, the burning tools to like burn your name into wood and stuff yes. like that. Yes. Tell ghost stories, all that fun stuff. Go hiking. Make some mores. Make some mores. Yeah. Gotta make some mores. I went to a nine day. Uh, nine day trip in Canada, the oldest cabin in camp. We would drive like seven hours from Hayward, Wisconsin up to Canada. And then we had to like portage canoes where you put them on your shoulders and you walk 500 yards through the, to get to the next lake. Yeah. Fun stuff. Perfect. A lot of okay. I, I, here's a question for you. Do you know the name of the bird in Charlie Brown? Yes. Tweety bird. No, like woods. Isn't it like Woodstock? Woodstock. Woodstock. Oh, yeah, so, sorry. I went to a uh, like an acting camp <laughs> in summer one year and it was like five days and you would do like, you know, little classes each day. And then you'd end with like the first day was like we ended with an audition. And then after that, the next three days for the last like two hours, we were rehearsing this Charlie Brown play that we were going to put on for the parents on Friday. I was not Woodstock. I was Wood. And somebody else was stuck. What we the hell does two, that mean? We divided Woodstock's lines, which were like four of them, into two of us because we were both so bad. 
Woodstock is two characters. We both wore bird costumes, but I feel like one of us was actually a bird costume that they had, and the other person was just like yellow because they didn't have a second bird costume. Do we we have got to have photos of this somewhere? I, the- I don't know. I, I honestly don't know if my mom has pictures of that. I, I I'll ask her, but I don't even remember. I don't, I'm sure she remembers it because I'm sure it was miserable. I know that the play wasn't even really acting you were just standing in front of a microphone you know you like you'd walk up to the microphone and say your line and the next person would walk you know what i mean like that kind of play um man i was but i was wood or i was stock i don't remember i was one of them that is terribly demoralizing that they split woodstock into two character characters i know and then i kept acting after that i didn't get the hint did you were you oh yeah well we've seen the high school stuff where you yeah. said yeah no, I was, I was, I got better. <laughs> I yeah, got you better. Did. You sure yeah. did. I was, uh, my, my lead in the, uh, camp play my last year, I was daddy Warbucks and Annie. Mm, did you wear a bald cap? Sure as hell did. Yes. I, I will that. show you the photos next time. Kids in bald caps are hilarious. How Cohen we went to, here's the tough thing. We went to an all boys camp. So we had to have a boy play Annie. That'll come out tomorrow. <laughs> more. I need more. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll be sun. Yeah. Um, I, that's like, you know, that song is like not allowed in when you go to auditions for theater. And why is that? Because nobody wants to fucking hear it anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> Got it. Well, what would you sing? Good question. I'd probably, I mean, unfortunately, I'd probably sing uh, either a song from Rent or I would sing um, the King song from from uh, Hamilton, uh, You'll Be Back. That one's on my album. If you want to go listen to it, it's pretty good. Can you give me 10 seconds? You'll be back. Soon you'll see. You'll remember you belong to me. You'll be back. Time will tell. There. That was about 10 seconds, right? Pretty good. Man, you've got it all. Well, I mean, I'm trying to get healthy here, so let's not say all. All right. I want a working body first. (laughs) Don't ask to borrow anything off of this thing. Yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. No. Maybe your facial hair, just so I can have a cool white beard. Yeah. What do we think? I love it. I think it's really good. I do like how you have the stripe in the middle. Last year, I dyed it at times. Michelle says, oh, there you are again. Yeah, but look at that. That's That was when I was good. I was playing an Elvis character wearing a gold suit. It's living my best life. Outfit with the sideburns are amazing. I know. Uh, uh, oh. So that was 10th grade. 10th grade. 10th grade, yeah. Did you have a girlfriend at the time? Uh no, no. I I was just I think I was trying to flirt with any girl in the play that would talk to me. Any luck? I I don't think so. <laughs> Dude, I was I was the guy in the gold suit. I had like, you know, I wasn't a cool kid. Let's just say that. I, I played mean, one on TV, though. You could pitch. You could sing. You could dance. You could act. What it? 
You're good looking. You're charming. You're funny. What are we talking about? What? Well, there you go. There's that's fifth grade. That's what got me into it. See that guy. That guy knows what's going on. He knows where to what to do to be what cool. Is that? that is Rip Van Winkle, and I am playing Henry Hudson, the pirate. That was the first like big show I was ever in, like real you know show. What a stroll down memory lane. I know. I know. I can't believe Robbie just has these on file. <laughs> We've got everything. Oh Dude, man, the amount of material your parents sent me at the beginning this podcast it's amazing i've got yeah i have more stephen brault's video than i do of my kids well i mean that's that should tell you exactly what you need to know chris you should have done better i should have i was i was the last the last son so like when i was a baby nothing mattered my baby calendar is completely empty you know but then as i started doing stuff i think my mom was like you know what i should probably get some stuff <laughs> oh that's great all right Good catching up, man. You too. Let's, uh, let's do this in a month or so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a month a month should be some a good time for me. Yeah. Yeah. Really, I'm sending good vibes your direction. That's all I can do, okay? Thanks, Daddy Cross. Thank You're you. Welcome. All right, listen. Uh, special shout-out to our producer extraordinaire, the one and only Robbie Shirocco, our summer intern, Alden Stone, doing a great job as always. For Stephen Brault. I am Chris Rose. We will see you next time on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.